Coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field, it's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. You're listening to The Derek Izzy Show. Today's episode is being brought to you by Solitaire Cubed. Play competitive solitaire for real money, just download the Solitaire Cubed app, enter promo code Derek Izzy, D-E-R-E-K-I-Z-Z-I, and you will get $20 in bonus funds with your initial deposit. Solitaire Cubed allows you to play competitively for real money, play in Solitaire on your phone, get real money, enter promo code Derek Izzy for $20 in free bonus cash when you make your first deposit. And now, on to the topic of today's podcast. Hello? Hello? Who is this? If you tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules. That one of the bye-bye in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. He didn't make the rules. Police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night, they say fine. He just kills by them. Answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Everybody's a suspect! Yeah. That's scary, are you? Squeak. That was the preview for the 1996 horror movie. Scream. At the time, the movie was a hit. The makers of the movie had no idea what kind of impact the movie would have. Two teenagers watched the movie and then decided that it would be cool to reenact the movie. Cassie Jo Stoddard was born on December 21, 1989 in Pocatello, Idaho. 
She had a lot of friends. She was very talented and very artistic. She got excellent grades in school, always being one to take her schoolwork seriously, and she was planning for her future. She was known as a girl who would do anything for anyone. One of the things that she enjoyed doing was caring for animals. She would often house-sit for her aunt and uncle and take care of their animals. At the time, she was dating another teenager, Matthew Beckham. Her and Matthew seemed to have a good relationship. On the night where Cassie was house-sitting for her aunt and uncle, Matt actually stopped over to visit. Cassie was spending the night in the house alone with the animals, and Matt called his mom to see if he could spend the night. Matt's mom said no, but made a counteroffer, allowing Cassie to come over to their house for the night. Cassie had to let the animals out early in the morning, and she didn't really feel right leaving the house and her responsibilities to the animals. So she decided to stay alone. Born on June 14, 1990, Tori Adamchik was from Pocatello, Idaho as well. Born on March 21, 1990, Brian Draper, also in Pocatello, Idaho. These two friends, also friends with Matthew Beckham and Cassie Joe Stoddart, they would play a different part in the story. Tori had a friend named Joe. He told Joe that he was interested in starting a knife collection, but Tori was too young to buy weapons like that. He and his friend Brian would pick up a mutual friend, Joe Lucero, and they would head down to a local pawn shop where Tori would pick out a knife for himself, and Brian would pick out three for himself. Now their friend Joe was 18, so he could legally purchase the knives. Believing that Tori was about to start this knife collection, Joe felt that he was making a good decision. Why should Tori's age prevent him from having a knife collection? On the night of September 22, 2006, Cassie was pet-sitting for her aunt and uncle. Her boyfriend, Matt, was keeping her company. They decided to watch a movie together. Tori and Brian decided to come over and visit. Cassie decided to give them a tour of the house. Walking them through the house, showing them each of the rooms, they decided to go down to the basement. While in the basement, one of the boys unlocked the basement door to the outside of the house. Upon conclusion of the tour, the four teens gathered in the living room and watched the movie. Tori and Brian left, leaving Matt and Cassie alone in the house watching the movie. Shortly after leaving, Tori and Brian would dress in black clothing, gloves, and white masks, similar to the killer in the movie Scream. They parked down the street from the house, came back, and entered through the unlocked basement door. They intentionally made some loud noises, thinking they could scare Cassie and Matt and it would all be a big joke. But Cassie and Matt did not respond to the noises. One of the dogs began to bark at the entrance to the basement. Cassie and Matt figured there was something wrong with the dog and they just told the dog to stop. It was at this point that Matt called his mom to ask if he could stay the night with Cassie. Cassie was beginning to get a little bit scared, but that did not happen. 
Tori and Brian turned off the circuit breaker to the house, thinking that would surely scare Cassie and Matt enough that they would come downstairs to investigate. But that plan failed. With nobody coming down to investigate, they flipped the circuit breaker back on as if nothing had happened. Around 10.30 p.m., Matt's mom arrives, picking him up, leaving Cassie in the house alone. Matt actually called Tori's cell phone to see what him and Brian were doing, and Tori answered the phone in a whisper. When Matt asked why Tori was whispering, the real answer is because Tori was still in the basement of the house, but he told Matt that him and Brian were at a movie theater, and he was whispering as to not disturb the other theater goers. Once Brian and Tori heard Matt leave, they turned the lights out again with the circuit breaker, and then they waited. They continued waiting, but nothing happened. They decided to go upstairs. They slammed the closet door at the top of the stairs to scare Cassie. After slamming the door, we have conflicting accounts of what actually happened, whether Cassie remained on the couch sleeping or whether she stood up to confront the intruders. There have been conflicting accounts, but what we do know for sure is that a struggle ensued and a violent attack occurred. Cassie was stabbed viciously. The knives that were previously purchased at the pawn shop were now used as weapons in a murder. Being stabbed 30 times during the scuffle, Cassie Joe Stoddard would be left for dead on the floor of the house. The two teens, Tori and Brian, then fled the scene. It looked like they would potentially get away with murder. The police started their investigation. During their investigation, some of the evidence that was gathered included videotape of Brian and Tori. This clip comes directly from the video that Brian and Tori made. This is them discussing their plan to murder Cassie. The video was shot from within their car as they were heading to the scene. There should be no odds against killing people. I know it's a wrong thing, but Hell, hell, you restrict somebody from it, they're gonna want it more. We found our victim, and sad as it may be, she's our friend. But you know what? We all have to make sacrifices. Our first victim is going to be Cassie Stoddard. She's gonna be alone in a big, dark house out in the middle of nowhere. How perfect can you get? I, I mean, like, holy shit, dude. I'm horny just thinking about it. Hell yeah. I was 9.50. September 22nd, 2006. We know there's lots of doors. There, there's lots of places to hide. I locked the back doors. That's all locked. Now we just gotta wait. After the brutal murder took place, as the boys were fleeing the scene, the video camera came out once again as they admit on video to the killing. Here is that clip. I just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I'm I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body just disappear. Dude, I just oh killed God. Cassie. Oh, oh, fuck. That felt like it wasn't real. I mean, it went by so fast. Shut the fuck up. We gotta get our act straight. Okay. The video evidence was more than enough to convict the boys, but police 
soon uncovered a lot more evidence than what they had. They found their black boots. They found the blue rubber gloves. They found a pair of fingerless gloves, hydrogen peroxide. They found the masks. They found the knives. They found the videotape. They also found DNA evidence on some of the evidence that matched Tori and Brian. They also found clothing with Cassie's blood on it. Eventually, as police interrogation ensued, the boys turned on each other and each one blamed the other for the actual murder. If you watch the video, Brian actually admits to killing Cassie. Brian saying that they're going for a high death count and Tori saying they're not going to get caught. Talking about killing everybody and leaving. Saying how the authorities weren't quick enough to catch them. Brian comes in saying that they weren't quick enough and they weren't smart enough. The teens laughed at this. Both teens were put on trial for first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. And they were both found guilty. Both were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. On top of 30 years to life for conspiracy. They've both appealed their sentences and have spent many years in court trying to get their sentences overturned, but to no avail. They are both serving life sentences currently in the Idaho State Correctional Institution. Tory requested that his sentence be canceled and tried to get a new one, saying that he was actually innocent and that the DNA evidence proves that Brian committed the actual murder and Tory was just along for the ride. But the judge denied this request. In the aftermath, there have been several lawsuits filed by the Stoddard family. And what happened to the boyfriend? What happened to Matt Beckham? Originally, Matt was considered a suspect, but clearly he had no idea what was going on at the time of the murder. However, in the aftermath, he has to live with the guilt that had he stayed, he clearly could have made some kind of a difference in the events of that night. Now, as this podcast concludes, bringing you the tragic story of Cassie Jo Stoddart, a murder inspired by a movie, because now you know the rest of the story. Thank you for listening to The Derek Izzy Show and tuning in for another month. Please visit Solitaire Cubed. Download the app. Use promo code Derek Izzy when you make your first deposit and you will get $20 in bonus cash for free. Promo code Derek Izzy, Solitaire Cubed. Play Solitaire for real money. Tune in next month for a brand new episode of The Derek Izzy Show. And please go on to iTunes, write a five-star review. Our podcast is streaming on DerekIzzy.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, You can find it everywhere. But we need those reviews, five-star reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And until next time, good day.